everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and this is my second anniversary. What? <laughs> Can you believe it's been two years I've been doing this podcast? Thank you all so much for your support and for subscribing and listening and telling your friends and leaving reviews. I love doing this. I hope you enjoy it too. This clip show is going to be season three, episode eight through season three, episode 14. I'd like to thank Joe, Tom, Heather, and Mike for hosting episodes in this season. And let's roll the clips. And he's like, you don't know me. And she's like, but I like you. And she cut this hard. It's like, ew, gross. Cause she comes up to him and she starts kissing on him. And then they start like making out. And then it goes on to them, you know, you know, d having the sex and they show it, you know, they show some of it or whatever, but it's like, ew, first of all, honey, you can do better. Not him. I'm talking about her. She could, you know, run away. He's got, he's got a lot of problems. Uh, you probably could tell he's been drinking. Two, she just got there. He hasn't gone to the bathroom. He hasn't brushed his teeth. He probably hasn't bathed. It, it just, I'm like, ew, okay. So yeah, so apparently they try to make that passionate. I'm like, all right. So they do it. Cool. Whatever. And he's kind of at a, not really a psychotic break, but she's trying to basically just not really change him, but I think she sees more in him and that's fine. But, you know, as they're, they're finishing up or whatever, he starts to hear the guy who is paying him, his name is Malcolm, starts hearing his voice to tell him to give in to, like, what he wants. And he grabs the back of Sharon's head, head and starts pulling on it and acts like he's choking out Malcolm. Because Malcolm's, like, making fun of him in his head. And he goes to pick up this clock and he was going to bash Malcolm in the face, but it's Sharon. And she's terrified. She's like, what are you doing? Like, we were just making passionate you know, love or whatever. And he's like, oh, oh my bad. Like he kind of snaps out of it and then he's all weird. And she's like, what was that? And right there, I'm like, honey, that is a huge red flag. <laughs> and they go and hide and they all run in different areas. And one hides in like a coffin and one hides in a closet. And in comes Mr. Is it Mr. Esbrook, I guess. This guy loves being a mortician. Oh my gosh, he's hilarious. Like. <laughs> This guy is doing a, he's doing a good job. This John Glover, I think. He comes in, he's got a pizza. He's got a lot of Pepsi place, or what's the word? Pepsi? Product placement. Product placement. It's the voice of a new generation. For Pepsi in this. They do some really close-ups of this Pepsi can. He's coming in, he's kind of sashaying through the lab and having a good time. And he notices that the dummy, or the dummy, the, the, the body is, uh, <laughs> is uncovered. And he's like, someone's been in here. He starts talking to her real creepy. You know, saying like she used to, I guess maybe he used to ask her out and stuff when they were, she was alive and she always denied him. And he's like, well, you're mine now. And then this part to me gets really creepy. Cause there's dancing, there's singing, there's classical music. Yeah, but he's, this part here, I was like, oh no, when he tells her to smile. Give us a smile. <laughs> oh, come now, you can do better than that. Tell me. Oh, goodness, I let 
bachelor around too long, didn't I? You were going to purge before I was ready. Oh, Lucy, 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 Lucy. I'm speechless. Really? A hammer? Oh, a giant mallet? It was so good, though. He's like, come on, girl, give me a smile. And then he just takes his hammer and smashes her face in. And they show it, but I mean, it's a, it's a clay dummy kind of thing. But it's still disturbing. And then he starts tapping on her face with the mallet to get her to smile. And, I'm, and all the guys are watching him like, ew, okay. <laughs> and then they just grab his ear and rip it off in like two seconds. Like, they ripped it off pretty easily. And he just grabs his head like, oh my god, oh. And then they like, the two of them, Klimsky and the other guy, hold the ear about like this bowl of blood and they're like dipping it in the blood like an hors d'oeuvre and like licking it and it's it's kind of gross they're just like oh yeah blood like a shrimp cocktail kind of thing and then his ears bleeding real bad and from out there then comes rita wilson uh her character jess and jess is also part of it and she's like i know i said i don't eat meat i lied and then she rips off her face cut to like you know they said the doctor said the the blindness was going to be permanent and he's just laying there with his eyes open and he's got like a head wound on but it's like they just like the the doctor just come and bandage him up say it was permanent and then they they just left him there like he didn't go home he didn't quit he did he's just laying back in the bunk house and all the guys are talking to him and i'm like why is he still there blind why is this not like a, a assault charge or something like what is happening and like he can't work and so the next morning, Snaz and some of the other guys come out to get Ted. The guys have been all sick of it. All his workers have been sick of it. And they're like, come on, Ted, we have, we're going to go do that competition. But this time it was with the chainsaw, so I don't know. We're going to go do this competition and we want to enter you in it. And he's like, well, how, how am I supposed to do it? I'm blind. And he's like, yeah, but you're a natural. You got this. So they take him out to practice this tournament. And he's kind of like swinging this chainsaw around and just like teaching them how to chop these logs and stuff and they're kind of making them having them practice and Liz is watching from the window like what are they doing he's blind and he also has they give the blind man a chainsaw and he has no goggles on and his eyes are completely open I mean yeah you're blind but do you want chips of wood in your eye because that's how you get chips of wood in your eye it cuts to Mr. Dixon he's like signing checks and stuff the guys come out there and they're like hey Ted's learned this new trick and we want to show you the trick and he's like I don't care and so they stick a knife to his throat and they're like you're gonna come with us and so this part's kind of cool because they have it set up where it's like these two long, like two half cut trees that are kind of thick and probably like six feet tall and you can't see into them. So it's kind of cool. And then they set Ted up and of course, like he's blind. They're all like, you got this, Ted, woo. And he starts to cut and he's cutting it into like these little chunks, like fourths chunks. And as he's cutting it, all this blood starts coming out and hitting him in the face. And I know he's got to feel it, but he just keeps going and he's super excited and all the guys are excited and they're getting hit with blood. And you realize that Mr. Dixon is inside the tree. <laughs> he looks like he's in an AA meeting. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's just true. Just describing yeah. the glory days. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that, I mean, that's everything like in the show. Because a lot of these shows have a twist ending. So even from like the very beginning, you're like, okay, well, they're only showing him from the neck up kind of or the shoulders up. Yeah. Hmm. You know, like kind of watching that, but it, it kicks into him like going back to tell the memory of his story and what's going on. And it, it cuts to a bar and the bartender's getting all the drinks ready, cleaning out the cups and things like that. And Charles McKenzie's there and, and he's an alcoholic and he has 
drinking problems and it's it's getting to where i think it's getting to where it's kind of cutting into his job like he's not yeah it seems like he's not able to hold down a job anymore and uh he's friends with the bartender which you know they have that whole dynamic where the bartender's trying to like hey look quit giving me money (laughs) get your head right which i did appreciate i was like that's a good bartender because some of them would just be like give it to you till whatever (laughs) the fact that he's like you need to slow it up uh this is getting embarrassing yeah He's really supposed to be getting to his job, but he's like, you know what, I have time for one more drink. And the bartender's like, nah, why don't, why don't you get a cup of coffee? Which really, I don't find that that would really sober people up a whole lot. It, it just makes you have to pee more, right? Yeah, <laughs> it just, it wakes you up more, it doesn't. I guess. But I've also never met a bartender that goes, hey, hey, look, I'm your friend. Yeah. I'm not going to give you any more booze. That's what I thought was interesting about him. I'm like, oh, that's kind of nice. And yeah, so he gets really mad because the guy's telling him, you know, maybe you need to get a job, you need to clean yourself up. And he's all, like, you know, spouting off everything he's done in his career and how he doesn't need to take this. And, okay, so this part made me laugh because Mark Helgenberger, I believe this is the actress here. And so she's at the bar by herself. I thought it was kind of fruit. Like, he immediately walks up and calls her a hooker. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's a good way to. (laughs) Yeah, the writing there was kind of confusing. (laughs) Like, you look like a prostitute. Ooh. (laughs) Buy yeah. me a drink, sailor. She's like, all right. Well, he, she's like, well, what makes you think that? And he's just like, well, because you're alone in a bar. And I'm like, maybe she just wanted to be alone. I mean, it's true. She could be a sex worker. I mean, maybe this is like a real smoky. It's kind of a smoky, dingy bar with just a bunch of guys. So I could kind of see it. But to like yeah. come up in the first thing you say, be like, you're a hooker, right? And she's just <laughs> like, thanks. Appreciate it. He's trying to work. He's trying to pour something on something else in his lab coat. And she's rubbing all up on him and, like, yeah. pushing him around. And he's he's really trying to focus. And she's just like, no, put that down. Stop it. Oh, my God. You know, if he just, like, if he just took, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes 20, out of his I, I time. I had that same thought. To, like, take her upstairs, do some passionate shit, whatever she want to do, and then be like... Okay, we can do another round later, but give me like four hours to go down yeah. there and do all my stuff. I don't like how he writes her off. Like, he's yeah, like, he does which a is lot. more important. It's just like, if you were going to do this, then why even get married? Like, yeah. what's the point? I don't understand his obsession because I'm assuming that this obsession is like a personality trait. And it's like, then yeah. why did you get married? That's why I'm mad. That, honestly, well, that's the only reason why I'm mad at him. Yeah, he really does kind of push her off. And it's like, what else is she doing all day? Does she have a job? Does she have other passions? Like, is it just... She just wants to bang. Folding laundry and watching soap operas? So, yeah, so she's all over him, which it really didn't make me... I'm like, he's going to drop something and it's going to yeah. explode. And he's pouring, you know, this this liquid into this tube. And she's kissing on that hand. Like, what if that gets in her mouth? Like, yeah. <laughs> Let me just... Ah, oh, your face. Oh my gosh, it's too much. Like, she's just... Just go to the carpenter half of the basement, bang her against the wall, and make her go back upstairs. So he just has her hold the Petri dish. He's like, here, babe, hold this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put the stuff in there. Cool, thank oh. you. Oh my gosh, here comes the bunny. Mr. Cottontail. So he's testing on a bunny, which I was like, oh, of course he is. And for some reason, he's got this cute little house for Mr. Cottontail. Mm-hmm. And he knocks on the door... Even though there's nowhere for this bunny to go, really. Like, he's just laying there. I love like, that it's, like, interior lit, I know. too. Like, he's got a sweet little pad, and it says Mr. Cottontail's home on it. Yep. Got house. a door. 
Yeah, he knocks. He knocks on the door. There's like, shutters on the windows. Like, hey, buddy, you, do you mind? And he like has a little. Um, Those are legit shingles. That's not even like painted to look <laughs> like shingles. That's legit. Sh- I want to see if there's like. No wonder he's in a carpenter. Half of them is to build the bunny house. The other half's to do experiments. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this whole area over here is for Mr. Bun. <laughs> and parts are flying everywhere, and it's just real rough. And like I said, it's, it just says somewhere in France. They do get the craters in and the it, air that gives a very nice uh, feel. It reminds you of all the photographs you'd see of No Man's Land. It also says it's the 49th day of continuous battle. So these guys have been going at it for a long time. And not at all unusual in that war. And it starts out with Lance Hendrickson and his character... And there's this great scene here where he's just running around try, <laughs> trying to get help. I love him. It's so good. So he's, much. He's so gung-ho and he's tr- he's running around trying to get help. And everyone he keeps running into is dead. And he's just like, damn. Okay, this is this is where it feels very Tales from the Crypt. Very pulpy. Which I guess it really, is. whenever you're, we're talking about, is the, does this feel like Tales from the Crypt? Okay, what we're, we're really meaning is, does this feel comic booky? Does this feel pulpy? Yeah. Does this feel like something you'd pick up at a newsstand in the 1950s? But it's like he keeps running over to all the people, to all the soldiers, and being like, hey, where's the lieutenant? Where's the lieutenant? And each one's dead, and he's just like, damn! Every time he sees them, damn! We can't really describe this. You have to see it to see the comedic it, timing yeah, it's, in it. It's, it's very nice. It's pretty good. And, like, yeah, like, he, this one guy, this last guy, he's, like, going to talk to him, and as he's, he, the guy's still alive, and as he goes to point, his hand just gets blasted <laughs> off. And, I mean, you can tell it's fake. It kind of, like, breaks off at the, at the, past the wrist, but it's really, it's really fun. Soldier! You see the lieutenant? I thought my heart was beating. 